Welcome to Motherhood Feels. Hindsight is 2020. I'm Dr. Jill Garrett, a licensed psychologist who specializes in maternal mental health and host of Motherhood Feels. Hindsight is 2020. Stay tuned for a double dose of Motherhood Feels with seasoned mom of twins, Rika. In addition to momming her preteen 11 year old girls, Rika is in graduate school working towards her master's in healthcare delivery and is employed as a business development specialist for an area hospital. If you think she doesn't have enough on her plate, I'll add in that she just completed her seventh, yes, I said seventh, marathon. Listen in as we talk through her Motherhood Feels experience. Check her out next. Hi, Rika. Thanks for being here. Hi, Jill. Thanks for having me. So I'd love to hear a little bit of background on who you are. So maybe you can give us a little bit of that. So I'm a busy mom of two twin girls. Um, They are 11, going on 21. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been in healthcare. I've worked in healthcare for about over 15 years now. And I just, I stay busy. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Well, we were talking before we started and you have a lot of irons in the fire. So in addition to school and addition to work, you are also working as a mom to two, apparently 21 year olds. Um, (laughs) So let's talk a little bit about all of the um, process and you becoming a mom. Tell us a little bit about your motherhood journey. Yeah. So motherhood, I, I never really considered it. Um, it just wasn't, I didn't know initially, like some people just know initially, I want to be a mom. And that really wasn't me. I mean, I thought about it here and there. But uh, again, it was just nothing that I really planned for. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was living with my boyfriend, now husband. And um, I had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't very far along. But that little, that incident kind of made me realize like, oh my gosh, I really do want this. Mm -hmm. Um, And so maybe a month went, a month or two went by. We had been on vacation during that time. Um, Shortly after, I still wasn't getting a period. And um, I took a test and it was positive. And so I called my doctor and they were like, well, you know, it's kind of normal for, you know, after a miscarriage to still yield uh, positive results. And I, you know, I was like, well, I wasn't very high in my HCG levels to begin with. Um, so it would just be weird that two months later, something's still off. Right. And so they were like, okay, well, let's come in, let's take some blood. So they did. Um, and then shortly after that, and which they confirmed the pregnancy. And then after that, they were like, okay, we need you in for an ultrasound, like immediately. And most of my friends at the time, they were going for their first ultrasounds. I'd say at like 10, 12 weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I-, I thought it was weird that they were like ushering me into an ultrasound immediately. So um, I went and uh, I had a friend with me. Um, and she was like giving me these wide eyed stares of, oh my God. And so as soon as the tech left the room, um, 
she was like, they were labeling them baby A and baby B. And I was like, why in the world would they do that? Why? (laughs) And so, um, you know, I I got the confirmation call later on that day from my doctor who was like, so there's two in there? (laughs) Oh, so a complete shock. Complete shock. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So I'm, um, I can only imagine, um, what it would feel like to have, uh, uh, baby A and baby B popping (laughs) up on the screen. And it sounds like you were still, uh, perhaps in the process of kind of managing this loss and then to have this shock, yeah. um, it, it sounds like a double shock. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It definitely threw me for a loop the entire thing. Yeah. <laughs> well, so tell me what happened next. Uh, you had this friend with you. Um, how did you share the news with Greg? <laughs> I uh, I called him. He was out of town. My, he's He travels for work routinely. Um, and so I, I just blurted it out because that's just what I do. Mm-hmm. And he was like, uh, hold on. Let me call you back. And I was like, what? And he was like, I'm about to drive off the road. I'm, I'm in Boston and I can't believe what you just told me. So let me call you back. Everyone is shocked. <laughs> yeah. Total shock. We're, yeah. Just. Seriously, the shock didn't wear off for a really long time. <laughs> yeah. And so then you start this pregnancy or continue, I should say, this pregnancy with these twins. And as a person who's not had twins, I don't know as much about what the process entails, but I know there is more follow-up and you're probably going to high-risk doctors. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about the pregnancy with twins. Yeah. I um, So I was I went to a high-risk doctor along with my OBGYN. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they followed up with me very regularly. I'd say um, every couple weeks. Um, so sometimes I would be seen at least maybe two to three weeks out of the month mm-hmm. by one of them. Yeah. Um, but, the, I mean, it it went pretty seamless. My pregnancy was, was good. I felt good. Um, they just monitored them pretty closely. Um, it was up until I was 31 weeks, um, where I was nauseous that day mm-hmm. and I had vomited, which was not, um, typical for me. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, I just felt really bad waves of nausea, um, smells the first trimester were really bad for me. Um, my husband, I remember he was downstairs at the time we lived in a townhome and he was making me breakfast. He'd cook scrambled eggs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just remember the first time I ever smelled it and it made me like so green. Yeah. Um, so, uh, to be that far along, I think I was towards my last trimester, um, and to actually vomit, I was like, uh, this is definitely off. Let me call, um, my OBGYN just to, just to see. Um, I had also started taking a new prenatal vitamin at that time. So I thought maybe it had something to do with that. And, um, they instructed me to go to my nearest fire station, which was really fun for me because I love firemen. <laughs> Sorry, Greg. Um, and they were like, you know, you need to have your blood pressure taken. So I went to the firehouse. Um, it was 140 over 90. It wasn't anything crazy. Um, but they in- then instructed me to go downtown to the the hospital downtown where I was planning to deliver for an evaluation. Um, at that evaluation, they, they came to me afterwards and said, so we're admitting you, 
um, we really need, you have preeclampsia mm. and we really just want to keep a close eye on you. And I thought, okay, so for how long? And um, much to my surprise, they were like, when you deliver. So mm. this was two days before Thanksgiving. My due date was January 24th. And I was like, are you joking? Yeah. <laughs> Is there no way you can, you know, have me wait at home, you know, monitor me that way? And they just said that it felt better for them to, or it was better for them to monitor me closely in the hospital. So, so here you have your holidays <clears throat> planned out for you in a <laughs> yeah. hospital bed. Yes. Uh, and I, I remember before I had children, I remember the idea of bed rest kind of sounded interesting, right? But sometimes it still does. Yeah. Um, but I also know as a person who's worked with people who are on bed rest, how actually um, anxiety provoking and depressing it yeah. can be. What was your experience with bed rest like? The first week was great because I would press a button and a nurse would bring me food or medication. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I had been working up until that time, mm -hmm. um, full time. And so, and I was pretty active in my job. I covered a territory. I was driving a lot. Um, so it was really nice to actually have that break. Um, but I'd say by the end of week two, I was definitely climbing the walls. I mean, there's only so much TV you could watch. Mm -hmm. um, they really just did not want me on my feet. Um, my husband, the, at the time, there was a restaurant at the bottom of the, uh, the the hospital, the bottom floor, and he would take me there. And when we'd return, he uh, we'd get chastised by the nurse to say, oh, you're not supposed to leave the floor. And so... <laughs> Yeah. So you were trying to have some activity and to make some normalcy out of this. Right. But really, it was not. You were breaking the rules. Right. A little bit. <laughs> well, gosh. And so how long did you, in fact, stay on bed rest in the hospital? Um, I believe I got to 34 weeks in which they threw a party for me. They were very happy. They were like, we're in a safe zone. Um, and the very next day they delivered me. But what they were doing the entire time was monitoring my platelet levels mm -hmm. as well as um, my protein levels via my urine. Um, and they, you know, just kind of said, once these values start to get wacky, we're going to, we're going to deliver you. And so it could, it could have been at any moment, any time. Um, so that was very anxiety inducing because I didn't know when they came to check on me or to give me my results day by day, if that was D-Day, delivery yeah, day, right? you know, so we had to be ready. And my husband was still traveling at the time. So he would go, his boss was um, really supportive and, and gave him jobs that were locally or in the state of Florida so that he wasn't flying across country. But it was still anxiety inducing to know that he may or may not be available yeah. um, at the time of the birth of his kids. So yeah. And then also, not to mention, you had already had that unexpected admission for bed rest. Mm -hmm. So you probably had a bit of um, fear and worry about just, oh, some unexpected things have happened. Right. And now when is this baby or actually babies, yeah. when are they going to, when are they going to show their faces? Oh, all of it. Yeah. All the anxiety. Could complications arise? I mean, being alone, possibly. 
So yeah, all of those things were in the back of my mind and probably leading to my increased blood pressure. <laughs> right. Well, what did you do? I mean, I'm hearing television, I'm hearing sneaking out of the unit to <laughs> eat food somewhere in the hospital. But what else did you do to kind of help keep you balanced and, and sane as you were kind of stuck and confined to these four walls of the, the hospital room? You know, I read a lot. I had books. Um, I had some very good friends who would come and visit me Mm -hmm. regularly. Um, And we even had a girls night where they would, one actually stayed, but both um, two friends came and, and hung out with me until visiting hours were over, but one was able, I was able to have an overnight guest Mm -hmm. um, because we were in a big suite, which was nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So there was room and they stayed the night with me. Um, My mom at the time worked at the building right next door. Mm -hmm. So it was nice. She would come and bring me food, like home cooked food instead of the Mm -hmm. hospital food, or she would take my laundry and and bring me fresh, freshly laundered laundry. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it was kind of nice, but yeah, there was really, I was very limited in in entertainment and what I could do. Um, But you had I, good ideas, I think. Yeah. And it was football season at that time. So my husband and I, we watched a lot of football, which okay. was nice. So. Yeah. So you had some ideas. I feel like when people have things to do and have a bit of structure to their day in situations like bed rest, that seems to help, though it's still not an easy experience. Um, so it's, am I hearing it that 34 weeks is when the girls were actually delivered? Yes. Okay. 34 weeks in a day. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so tell me about the delivery. Yeah. So the morning <clears throat> that they came um they the doctor just came in and said your platelets lot platelets dropped um to a dangerous level and so we're we're gonna we're going Mm -hmm. we're we're doing this and I was like we're doing this and my eyes were wide Greg thankfully was there okay phew um they gave him a pair of scrubs to, to change into. Um, I knew I wanted a Mm C-section. I just thought that was kind of like the safest manner in which for me to deliver, Mm -hmm. knowing all the complications that could arise. Mm -hmm. So I opted for the C-section. So they gave him the, the scrubs to change into. He was tripping over himself, trying to get these scrubs on, um, they're wheeling me out of the room and I'm yelling at him like, come on, because <laughs> he's still trying to get his scrubs on. <laughs> so we're just in this panic state. Um, and we get down to, I call my mom, I'm texting my mom. It's time. Come, come on. I text my best friend. I'm like, come, it, it's all happening. Um, and so we get to the OR and this was in December and uh, Christmas music was blaring um, and they were giving me the epidural. So they had me lean forward and hug this pillow. And they were like, you know, don't move because we've got a huge <laughs> needle on your spine. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, this, yeah. I-, I almost started crying because I was like, this is scary. Yeah, not very comforting. Right. And my husband wasn't in there yet with me at the time. So oh, it was just, it, it was just surreal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so... They, uh, yeah, I was in, in the OR, we were ready to go. The doc, I mean, the doctor did a great job of making me, me feel comfortable. Greg was by my side. I think he had a camera, which I don't know if that's actually legal, but he was, <laughs> he was another illegal move. Yeah, exactly. He was filming or, or taking pictures or whatever of the process, which I thought was gross. <laughs> um, and yeah, they, they, they came out 
like very effortlessly. Um, Gabby was baby A. Mm -hmm. They pulled her out. They just showed her to me. They weren't able to put her on me because they wanted to whisk her right away to the NICU. And same with Neela. So they were born within the same minute, wow. um, 9.58 in the morning. Um, memory, mom. Yeah, <laughs> that's one one thing that I can't remember about that. Um, and I immediately instructed Greg to follow them. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that I don't really remember too much after that. Um the pro- I read somewhere where someone C-section, it took like 30 or 40 minutes for them to get sewed back up. I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. Um, I just remember being in post-op afterwards. Everyone ditched me like to go to the NICU mm-hmm. to see the baby. So I was all by myself, just like, oh my God, where is everybody? Yeah, I feel like that would be kind of a lonely experience yeah. after going through a physically demanding and emotionally challenging experience. Yeah. But fortunately, my friend Karen, she mm-hmm. came and she was like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Everyone else ditched me. My mom ditched me. <laughs> so she sat with me for a while, which was amazing. That was very helpful. Um, and yeah, so I unfortunately couldn't see the girls for 24 hours because I had to be on IV medication. So that was tough. Um, and then the very next day, I remember having to nearly fight the nurse to let me go to the NICU because yeah. I was ready to see them. And they were they kept just saying, you need to rest. You need to rest. Um, I was like, I need my children. <laughs> yeah. And so, so you're over here in recovery and they're in a different space in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So I'm imagining all the other family members, Greg, your mom, your family, kind of going back and forth. Are you getting yeah. updates on how they're doing and how are you feeling about the fact that here they are in the NICU? Yeah. I, I was getting updates. Um, I don't really remember a lot. I just, I knew they were just so small. Mm-hmm. Gabby was three pounds, 14 ounces. Mila was four pounds, 14 ounces. And to this day, there's still a huge difference in weight. Like I have a big twin and a little twin. Mm-hmm. Um, but they fortunately didn't have any major issues. Um, they didn't require any oxygen. They were just so small. Mm-hmm. So they just needed to gain a little bit of weight. And um, we needed to make sure that they were feeding and or eating appropriately and, and all that. So. Yeah. So it sounds like the NICU mm-hmm. was really a space for them to continue to grow under, under supervision. Yeah. And you were of course, um, in recovery. How did you do with recovery from the C-section? Do you recall? So I wish I would have, one thing I will say, I wish I would have known a little bit more about what the C-section entailed and what, what to expect for the recovery. Um, I think throughout my entire pregnancy, I was just in such shell shock of just being pregnant with twins yeah. that I didn't really think, I just didn't think about planning or researching or, or anything like that. I was just kind of going through the motions and, and, and following what my doctor um, kind of informed me of. Um, but yes, they were giving me updates. Um, the C-section, it was, it was tough. Um, for, I would say, um, a month or two afterwards, I still felt the soreness. I, I couldn't laugh or cough, um, without being in pain. Mm -hmm. Um, but I will say maybe the day after delivery, I don't know how I ended. Well, no, I'm sorry. I would, I stayed in the hospital for a couple of days. They let me stay an extra day mm-hmm. knowing that the girls were going to be in the NICU for a little while. Mm-hmm. So they, they allowed me to stay, um, longer than what the normal, yeah. um, uh, mom who just delivered would have. 
And so, but when I got home, I I found, I remember my mother-in-law taking me out to just get out and about. Um, and we went to Home Goods. Mm-hmm. And I remember walking around Home Goods, which I knew that was good for my recovery, but also being a little bit of pain and just thinking, oh my gosh, what am I doing? Mm-hmm. But um, I'm glad I was I was able to move and kind of just get out and about. Yeah. Um, it sounds like it would have been helpful to know a bit about the, the fact that it is a surgery mm-hmm. and it comes with recovery and it is nice to be able to move around just for your own emotional health and just to be able to see people and be outside of your home. Um, but it's sometimes physically demanding to right. do it's the same thing to do that. Right. So you've got the girls in the NICU and tell me a bit about when you, when it was time for them to get discharged and how did everybody do with going home? Yeah. Um, so fortunately they didn't really require a, a lengthy stay. Um, I'd say altogether it was about two, two and a half weeks. Um, they were both home. What I do remember is they were both home the day before New Year's Eve, mm. which was lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, but they came home at different times. Um, leaving them was, was hard for me, but I, I wasn't, really emotional until I had to leave one baby behind. So Uh, Mila, who was the bigger of the two, she came home on a Monday. Um, And when we had to take her home, I was so upset. I'm not, I mean, I was happy that we were taking her home, but I was so upset at leaving Gabby by herself um, because they were so cute and together in these little beds next to each other in the NICU that it just really pained me to know that Gabby was by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, probably for the first time ever, cause she was always with her twin. Exactly. Um, but Gabby followed Mila a few days later. She came home that Friday. Mm-hmm. So, and so you've now got, you're recovering from the C-section. You're managing just different times of discharge. And I can imagine just also feeling like, oh my gosh, you're at the hospital on your own. Um, but then she comes home and now you have two babies um, that you have to manage. Mm-hmm. What was it like? It it was hard, I'd say. I mean, I'm very thankful I had a, a huge support system mm-hmm. um, between the grandparents involved and friends who were willing to stay the night with me. Um, my husband, he was able to stay home for, I would say, a month. Um, and then he'd started traveling again. Um, so when he started traveling again, my, my mom would stay with me a lot. I think my mother-in-law did too. So it was nice to have that help, but it was definitely, um, I, it was crazy. Yeah. I'm <laughs> sure it's a whirlwind. It's been a number of years. Um, and sometimes, uh, erasing some of those memories can, can, right, yeah. can be helpful, um, uh, because <laughs> you forget about the lack of sleep and, um, some of the other hard experiences. Um, it sounds like one of the things you really valued though, was having a big social network. You've got both your and Greg's family in yeah. town. I know you've got a good, um, social, social, uh, crew. Mm-hmm. Um, what was it like for you emotionally after you came home? Um, so it, it was, it was really weird me coming home because I had been in the hospital for a month Mm -hmm. and I was in this little bubble and part of me did not want to go back and 
assimilate back into society. Yeah. I know that sounds a little weird having been so like, you know, held up in a hospital room for, for that long. But I think the thought of assimilating back into normal life just was a little scary for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't explain why. Emotions were just, you know, hormones, emotions, all of that were just running rampant um, at that time. But um, once I did get back home, I actually was thankful to have had the time by myself and not have the kids there immediately with me mm-hmm. because I was able to recover and I was able to rest mm-hmm. so that when they did come home, I was my best, my better self, mm-hmm. um, and, and just physically rejuvenate, rejuvenated, excuse me, and energized to kind of take on all that comes along with having twin infants. Yeah. So. Yeah. So that would be one of the perks of, um, which is oftentimes not a word you hear with NICU, um, but having a chance to recover a bit. And I can, I can imagine that being on bed rest and then adjusting out of that cocoon mm-hmm. is quite a transition. Yeah. And so you're, not only transitioning out uh, into being a mom, but you're also shifting out of this hospital space where you kind of probably got a, a little bit of a flow going yeah, there. Yeah. Um, so I can, I can understand how that would be um, fraught with some emotions and some kind of weird, weird feelings going yeah. on. Um, so you're home, you've had the girls and now you're living life as a family of four. Um, what do you notice looking back and you've had a number of years now as a mom, um, but what do you notice are to be things that you kind of wish you had known, wish you had done differently? Oh gosh. Um, Again, like I said, I was in such shell shock the entire time I was pregnant that I really didn't have time to think. So I feel like I I kind of wish I would have, if I had to go back over it again, Mm -hmm. I would have kind of read a little bit more up on what to expect. Mm -hmm. I mean, for just every stage of the pregnancy, um, for just what to expect after like, you know, the recovery from a C-section, what to expect emotionally um, Mm -hmm. that can happen. Um, and to just what to have in place, like in terms of the support system mm-hmm. or self-care things for self-care afterwards. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, I feel like it all just worked out, mm-hmm. but yeah, if, if I had to go back, I really would have kind of honed in on those things. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the things I noticed, I mean, I noticed this for myself, but also for people that I work with is there is a lot of emphasis on the delivery mm-hmm. and people have a lot of worries and concerns about it, but also they don't have a lot of awareness or thoughts or plans around what happens after. Yeah. Um, and so I think I'm hearing you say that just having a little bit more information on all of that part could have been helpful. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, let's see, anything I haven't asked you about or things that feel like they would be important to share about your experience as a mom? Um, I can't think of anything else other than a, a support system is really key and kind of helping you feel back to your normal self or to your new norm, really, yeah. um, after delivering babies and, and just kind of 
tackling the challenges of motherhood. Yeah. So I like the way you described it as a new normal. And I think there is an evolution of kind of identifying as a new normal, because at first it's a bit of a shock. Here I am, I'm now a parent. And then now I'm a parent of a newborn and then now a one-year-old and so forth. And so now you're going to be moving into the teen years. We will have to interview you again (laughs) in a couple of years to get good, um, good proactive skills for managing teenagers. Um, But thank you so much, Rika. It was great to hear your perspective on all of this and your experience. Um, Thank you for being here. Thank you so much again for having me.